Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Warhammer Rookies. Warhammer Wookies with Richard and Roman. <laughs> Warhammer Rookies. <laughs> Slightly different connotations. <laughs> exactly. Hello, guys. <laughs> uh, so, um, two big things have happened. Uh, Battlescribe has kind of updated the points, although there seems to be some issues with that. And um, the Death Guard Codex is now being shown on websites like Tabletop Tactics and um, Chuck from Master Power, probably Coffee, you know, the general places where you can find previews, uh, which means it will probably come out next week at last after being delayed for ages and ages. Um, but I think we'll start off on the points situation with Battlescribe because I'm very lucky. My points work fine, Battlescribe is loading fine, and everything seems to be correct, at least the armies that I care about. Uh, but I know at least one person who has had the points half updated and half incorrect, and Roman's had some issues as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, guys, I've been trying to update my points because, I mean, like, that's the thing that we've been waiting for, right? Like, what, what happens uh, with our armies, what will happen with our armies in the future? It all depends on points in general. So I updated uh, the data from the battle scribe, and then it crashed. And now I can't open any of my lists. <laughs> Basically, yeah. the only thing that I can open it is the app. And uh, as you can probably imagine, I have quite a lot of lists created on Battlescribe. And I don't really want to delete all of them and then try to recreate or like rethink like what I've been thinking when I was building that or this. So I think that I'll just give it like give it a rest for a few days. Hopefully the guys from Battlescribe will fix the data and I'll be able to visit again with the correct points. Yeah, I was talking to one of the guys who works on it, and he said to me that they're having some real issues with some program. I can't remember what it's called, but uh, it's the specific, specifically the program that deals with changing the points in the army lists, and they've been having some issues with that since their latest update, which is obviously with all the new points in. Um, so it's, if they, they're working on it, um, bear in mind that most of the people who work on the points are actually just volunteers and they're not being paid. So they're doing their best. Um, give it a couple of days and it'll all be sorted out. Um, in the meantime, Games Workshop is still doing a free version of their, a free month of their app. If anyone has got that working and it actually likes it, I would be interested to hear from you because I've given up on it personally. <laughs> I mean, we, we shall see, we shall see. And uh, honestly, like, uh... I've experienced some issues with Battlescribe before, like at least a few times, but like after a few weeks, everything was fixed. Yeah. So again, if you just if you experience the same issues, just wait and everything's gonna be fine. Or you always can try this official application with Games Workshop. Yeah. Uh, which really... still doesn't work for me actually. Mm. I haven't tried again recently. I mean, I, I don't know if the app will not works. I'm just having problems creating an account. I went to Games Workshop last Sunday to pick up some some paint and unfortunately mm -hmm. a slight slight tangent but they're they're not able to take shippings from England right now because of corona um so they haven't got like anything in the games workshop store which kind of sucks um so the they had a they're nearly out of pretty much all the paints mm -hmm. so I couldn't get any more paints which means my keeper secret is 
is now in sub-assembly still with his final highlight missing, just waiting for the, that one paint <laughs> that I need to do his final highlight so I can stick him together and base it. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that kind of sucks for them. Um, uh, but I forgot to ask if they knew how to resolve my, my issue with the app. But basically every time I try and create an account, it tells me I already have an account. And then when I try to recover my password, I don't get an email or anything. So I, I, I don't know. It's, and I can't bother to contact customer service. I, I'm not that bothered about using the app. I mean, if Battlescribe didn't exist, then I'd put more effort into trying to get it to work. Yeah. But as it is, I'm, I'm quite happy with Battlescribe. Yeah, same for me, like, honestly. After, I think, like, in general, Games Workshop won't abandon this area of creating apps uh, for these services. After some it. months or years in the future, those apps will become, I'm pretty sure that they'll become really good uh, yeah. just because of the amount of effort and because uh, I guess Games Workshop programmers will be paid for that. And uh, Battlescribe is, relies solely on enthusiastic people who just love Warhammer and they build it because they want to. So yeah. uh, I think that in the future, those applications will be, in general, will be better than Battlescribe. But yeah, that's I mean, a really different future. Yeah, I mean, money and development time, right? But I, I, yeah. I still don't understand why they didn't just contract in the people who work for Battlescribe and just say, hey, will you own the intellectual property of this thing called Battlescribe? I know it works for other game systems as well, um, like the Star Wars one and the other Star Wars one, the one with spaceships and one with stormtroopers, and um, uh, War Machine, uh, which I don't know if anyone actually plays that anymore, but and loads of stuff is on there. But I mean, I don't see, maybe there'd be an intellectual property issue with Games Workshop providing a service for other games companies, but if there wasn't, I would have thought that'd be a really strong position to be in, to be the one who has the app that makes the, the list that people use for every game system. Um, I, maybe there would be a conflict of interest of them, of them, and that's why they didn't contract in Battlescribe. But... Nah, I don't think so. I, th I think that they could just still buy the code. Yeah. I mean, buy the company and buy the code. Yeah. Because they still need to, when, when you create an account uh, for Apple, you need to register as a company. And, yeah. then, uh, the app, and then Apple will pay taxes for you and everything else. Yeah. So basically, I think if Games Workshop really wanted uh, to buy Battlescribe, they could buy Battlescribe. Yeah, I mean, they should, I, I, I don't know, I, I think they should do what's done a lot in the games industry, uh, video games industry, you should be specific on this Wargaming podcast, <laughs> right, companies like EA and Ubisoft will see an up and coming studio and then be like, hey, we own you now, um, you will still work, you're all still the same job, but we own you and here's a lot more money to do what you've been doing before. Obviously, EA, probably not the best example of doing that because they have murdered so many studios, but I kind of would trust Games Workshop to be a little less shitty about it than the company yeah like yeah yeah exactly and like for example microsoft yeah like last year they bought a lot of studios and i'm pretty sure you'll get some decent games out of that. there as well which is crazy yeah um, bethesda with everything else which is included into yeah into Zenimax. Uh, which is not really relevant for this podcast but it is shocking um anyway so that's that i mean basically uh, you're probably most likely one of the lucky people if you update Battlescribe, you'll have all the points in the right places. If you're not, they're working on it. Android has a lot of different systems, so sometimes there can be errors in different versions. And in the next few days, it should all resolve itself, and then we'll have points to play with. And um, I've loaded up my lists. Uh, the Demons list that I'm working on has 
The Nurglings have increased in points, as they bloody well should have, because they were really under cost before. They were 18 points a base um, for like five wounds, which is stupid. Now they're 22, which I still think is really, really cheap. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, for me, it's kind of a good news because it means that I lose like uh, one base off each unit I take. So I have to buy less Nurglings. And as I hadn't brought any yet, it's, that's a really nice position to be in, right? Like, oh, you're working on an army and the points get updated and you're like, oh, these uh, cost slightly more now. So I don't have to spend as much money getting them and they're still definitely worth taking. Uh, yeah, that seems real good. Um, and other than that, there's no real changes to demons. And then in my chaos list, there's been a lot of changes to chaos. Um, uh, Space Marines. Um, and... Like raptors are real cheap now, they're worth looking at. I have a squad of melter raptors, which could be kind of interesting with the new melter rules as well. Might try those out. Warp talents are a lot cheaper. I've got 15 of those. And the main thing that surprised me is Terminate is going down in points because um, Chaos Terminators were really, really good, especially as Empress Children, where you get those guaranteed charges. I, I honestly, I think that you should consider yourself lucky because in general, the things that you prefer to see in your army, they usually go up in points, not right. down. <laughs> and the, actually, I mean, you had quite nice decrees. Well, for example, in Admech, from what I saw in those Excel sheets with all the points collected by various people, mm. uh, in general, my army should go up, I think, 200 points. Oh, that's a lot. I'm down 65 for reference. So that's that's a nearly 300 point difference in our army. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So actually, actually, it's quite possible that I will rely only on machines uh if if actually it will i mean if that that's if everything is correct and uh, when i'll see the points in the battle scribe uh, I, I will be able to confirm that but it looks like i will need to rely on machines on doom crawlers on uh, archaeocopters robots and all of that with minimum amount of troops which is kind of something that i really wanted yeah uh but in the current missions where you need to hold a lot of objectives well that's that can be a bit complicated, I think, because yeah. I'm not sure if they can hold objectives, actually. Yeah, be, uh, it's an interesting one. I think, like, I mean, we'll have to do play some games when the lockdown is lifted. I think, like, Cerberus Raiders are probably still looking good, worth looking at for going and taking those early turn objectives and then giving your slower machines. By the way, you sound a bit like a Bond villain when you say, I re rely only on machines in your Russian I accent. rely on machines. <laughs> <laughs> and... Um, the uh yeah so i think like Cerberus raiders to push out early basically the same as what you've been doing but with um like kind of instead of using the vanguard actually moving your uh, other stuff forward um i don't know we'll have to have a play around um and maybe by the time that maybe by the time we're actually allowed to play again you have a new codex anyway so who can say well what position would even be in that's actually really annoying i mean like i remember that they promised uh to release death guard like Six weeks ago. Oh, the Death Guard ago. was supposed to be out before Christmas originally. Yeah, exactly. We should be having Dark Elder now. Exactly. So it's been actually like seven, seven weeks ago we should yeah. be having Death Guard and be basically having it only now. So I guess mm -hmm. like if we push back all the codexes like that, at least I mean at least those seven weeks, uh, that basically means that my hopes to get uh, some admit codex before summer, they kind of vanish. Mm -hmm. uh, well, actually... I actually... I'm actually kind of hoping that, like, because I'm working on demons now and I really like the list that I've come up with and I like the way they're playing at the moment. I've really, uh, a Chaos Space Marine, new Chaos Space Marine Codex would be really good. 
but mm -hmm. I'm actually kind of hoping the Demon's Codex is kind of far out because I'd actually like to try this army build before I get a new codex. <laughs> and and uh, with the whole lockdown situation, obviously I can't until that's lifted. And I'm if they don't if they take away the exalted creative image thing, then that really sucks. So I actually think Chaos Team is in this really weird position where they're super competitive and they have lots of interesting builds, even though they don't have a codex. So I'm kind of hoping they leave them for for last. Um, and like things like Admech and Chaos Space Marines that she, yeah, sure they do have some interesting builds, but they're not top tier and they don't have many builds. You know, there's mm -hmm. just like there's one thing you can do. Um, but I don't know. Well, before, as you know, usually it was a mix. Uh, you take some vehicles, you take some troops, and that's basically your Admech yeah. army. Uh, after uh, after the Psychic Awakening book. Uh, the main tactic became just take as many troops as possible and some transports and uh, hold objectives and, and then die, but it doesn't matter because you've been holding objectives the whole game. Yeah. Uh, now, sounds like how you play Ninth Edition. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. But now it's actually, it's going to be quite difficult to do that because, so before Rangers uh, costed uh, seven points, I think, yeah. and Vanguard's been costing seven points as well. Uh, now they cost nine points, and uh, I still don't get if it doesn't include weapons or does not. It might do because they've been rolling a lot of weapons in to points costs. Okay, so we just checked, and it's nine points per model, which is kind of expensive, I would say, for what they do. And yeah. uh, usually, if it's not a lot of them, and again, in general, it wasn't a lot of them, it was like three basic units of Rangers or three basic units of uh, Vanguard. They basically been trying to hold objective, but again, if you shoot at them, they die. Like saving throw is like four plus, invulnerable save on six plus. So nah, uh, questionable, well, questionable. Yeah, I mean, I think like the sort of list that you were playing and that other people were using of like the Vanguard spam list, where you had just a stupid amount of Vanguard. I can I understand that Games Work wants to get Games Workshop wants to get in the way of stuff like that because it's not like the vision of the game but if you're going to do that then you have to make the other options appealing enough maybe they are um maybe i might get a book real soon and it turns out they're the only army that has vehicles as a core choice i actually think mm. that would be pretty cool and seems pretty likely um so you don't have to if you take away the Vanguard build, fair enough. Like we don't really want to see Admech armies that are all Vanguard because that's not like how you imagine a Vanguard arm, uh, Admech army. But you need to have something in, in its place that's like decent. Now, uh, well, we shall see. Uh, because before that, actually, before Ninth Edition came into place, I was hoping that I'll be able to play some Rust Talkers or uh, yeah. uh, other guys. Uh, the, the other building infil 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 infiltrators, infiltrators, yeah. and uh, they actually work, kinda. Mm -hmm. uh, the only problem is that you need to rely a lot on them, and that means that mean for me at least it means buying a lot of models which I don't currently have, yeah. and uh, then hoping that it will work. That's why I didn't. Uh, the another option that I saw uh, so far, and to me it looks more like a preferable option. Uh, is to just play a lot of tanks. Yeah. Uh, Scorpioses, 
June crawlers. Finally, we'll be able to play them. Oh, man, I'd love uh, you to have your dream crawlers on the table again. They're so cool. They're so yeah. unique to Admech, and they've been bad for so long. I want them to be good so much. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And then uh, archaeocopters as well. At least mm -hmm. I think they definitely. I, I think you should probably take one or probably even two of them. Uh, robots. And then just basic units of those uh, Skitari guys in order to hold, um, hold yeah. the battalion together. That's basically it. Uh, I like it. I mean, in general, I like it. I think that uh, Dune Colors, they definitely deserve a place on the battle table. And uh, it's been a while since I yeah. saw them on the, ever on the battle table, to be honest. Uh, the only thing that worries me is that I see that other armies, especially Space Marines, yeah. uh, they kind of received too many things at the same time like it's not like too many cool stuff or like overpower stuff it's just a lot of things and they just have a lot of options to walk around and uh admec in my opinion at the moment doesn't have that many options to walk around unfortunately no. again probably you're right probably we'll see codex soon probably we'll see some updates and so on and so forth and and games workshop planning for some other things uh for admec to, to be played with Again, Rastalkers can be an option as well. Who knows? Yeah. I still remember the time when nobody was considering uh, breachers or destroyers. Like, nah, it's overcosted. They don't do anything and blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden, like, everyone has been playing that because, because they started to work. Yeah. And sometimes what doesn't seem good on paper is, is then someone tries it out and actually it's really good. So the best thing you can do when you're in that sort of, especially now when you've had a lot of points changes and you're not sure about where your arm's going to go, is just start experimenting. Because, okay, let's say we could play games right now and you took a load of, you started playing with breaches. We had a few games of breaches just to see if they're good. Well, okay, it turns out they're terrible. But then when the codex comes out, if their breaches are amazing, then you're like, oh, well, I had like five games with them. So I don't need much practice. I can just use them in this tournament that's coming up with their new good rules from the codex. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. So uh, in general, we should just we should just wait for a while. And uh, again, like another problem that we see right now, we've been talking about that a lot. Uh, no tournaments, guys. Yeah. No tournaments. So we don't we don't really know if anything is good on paper and bad on the table, or vice versa, like bad on paper and good on the table, because we just don't get a lot of data. Yeah, I mean, the only scene that's really active is the Australian scene, and that's always a bit weird anyway, because they tend to have quite a different meta to Europe and America, just because they have a lot of top players who like playing hordes. And obviously, that not only means that horde armies are popular there because the top players are playing them, but also mm -hmm. the other armies at the top level have to account for hordes. And I wouldn't say that hordes are always the most popular build. I mean, they're usually good, but having it such a huge part of the Australian mail always um, it just make things a little bit different than everyone else. Like the sort of space moon army you're going to take when hordes are popular is very different to the sort of space moon army you're going to take if uh, elite armies like knights or custodies are popular. You know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that's that's basically what my thoughts are about Admec, unfortunately, right now. Uh, but still, I'm 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 trying to stay positive mm -hmm. uh, because like changes is always uncomfortable. Like 
get it a new codex is nice and exciting, but at the same time, you look at your army, it's like, nah, I've been building it for such, such, such a long time, and now I need to rebuild it, yeah. and like buy new models and everything else. Uh, but guys, honestly, like, whatever you build, whatever models you buy, whatever models you paint, they're not going to vanish. Yeah. After some time, something will change, and uh, you'll play your models again. Like Richard, who is at the moment painting his demons. <laughs> yeah, I'm repainting my bloodletters because I painted them quite a while ago and they look pretty bad. And, um, uh, now I'm updating them and it's a really satisfying thing. Um, I think it's a really good thing to be doing right now, actually, in lockdown with no tournaments and we're not really sure when we're going to be able to play again. It's just take some of those old units that you you painted a long time ago and like it's it's a lot quicker to update them to a new paint style than mm -hmm. to completely repaint a unit. It's really, really satisfying. I think they're looking so much better now I've had another go over them. And um, yeah, I mean, Roman was saying about like, your models aren't gonna disappear. I think that's actually pretty good advice. A lot of people I see like, oh, uh, I've started playing Admech and I brought three months units of breaches and now breaches aren't good. I'm gonna sell them on eBay and then now I'm gonna buy this space marine army like i think that's crazy um the, you end up spending so much money and if you can afford to and you have the storage space and it's not that hard to find like a cupboard games workshop the big games virtual uh, army cases a bit pricey but you can just fit loads of models in there and then stick them in the cupboard they stack yeah. up quite nice so it's really easy to put them away um and like you and the thing is, like, I've got a huge chaos collection now, like a stupid number of points, um, and most of it's painted. So, like, I when a new book comes out, when updates come out, I might have to add a unit, but I can easily just pick out the stuff I have and make a new army to play with. And that is something that will happen if you're newer. Then, like, don't worry about it. Just keep painting stuff you like and get better <laughs> at the game. But, but I, I just think, unless you know you're never going to use something again, like, say you start playing Tau and you hate Tau. Sell, sell them like if you really don't like it sell them mm -hmm. but if you're if it's an army that you're actively invested in um especially if it's your main army then just keep everything you can because at some point it'll be good again yeah yeah that's for sure another topic yeah uh as we've already mentioned today uh they've got dev guards You've got them got Cordex. I mean, now I mean it's pretty much all leaked, so you can find it online and yeah. uh, and read it if you want. Uh, of course, we encourage you to buy it if you want. But what I wanted to mention is like basically two things. First one, if you check Games Workshop websites, then you will notice that pretty much everything that's been announced for DevGuards, uh, the new stuff, it's all been sold out. Yep. All of that. Well. Corpse, uh, corpse collection. Uh, they are collector's edition. Uh, Finny, uh, with some kind of nice poster and uh, some captain models or like some special models for them, as far as you can see. I think it's sold out on pre-order, actually. Yeah, yeah, it, it's been sold out like pretty much immediately. I think. Yeah. Uh, everything else, like uh, separate models, Plague Marine, Iconbearer, Plague Marine Champion, Plague Marines, uh, Reinforcements, uh, the Codex Collector's Edition itself, all of that sold out as well. The only thing that hasn't been sold out just yet is Combat Patrol Death Guard. Yeah. Which I honestly think is like, nah. <laughs> I well, mean, like, it, it could be better. 
Well, the thing is, just want something to bear in mind. If you do have like a, a local gaming store, Games Workshop has assigned some of some products to gaming stores. Not a lot, um, but if you've got stores nearby you, uh, they might not be open at the moment, but they might have some products. So give them a call, see if they can sort you out if you want any of that stuff. Um, I don't think they can they stock the limited edition codexes, but everything else that is currently sold out, um, some of it should have been shipped off to stores. So just give them a call, see if they have it for you. And, uh, you know, first come, first served. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're right. Uh, I just checked the Alpha Spell, uh, mm -hmm. the one that's in my neighborhood here. And uh, they actually have all this stuff. I mean, yeah. you still can buy them. Uh, and I, but I'm saying, like, give them a call because you don't want to get there. <laughs> you want to take the journey there and it's already sold. So call them up and say, hey, I want this, put it aside for me. And they will. Like, they're, yeah. they're just, yeah. they'll just take it off the shelves and behind the desk. I'm just surprised, like, how fast they vanished because, like, I always, I, I knew that Death Guard, like, pretty much any other army in, in 40k universe, it has a lot of fans. Uh, I still remember how Gene Steeler cults immediately like vanished right after the button uh, pre-order this appeared on the Games Workshop website. Because I mean, Gene Steeler cult is is a nice army. Don't get me wrong, it's a nice army. The lore is great as well, and I really like how it looks. But they really didn't expect it to vanish immediately. Yeah. Like why? <laughs> I think well, Death Guard makes a lot of sense, though. Like, they've been really good since the start of, of Ninth, and now they're getting a push to be even better. And they're probably the most popular Legion at the moment out of all of the Chaos stuff. Um, really? Yeah. I mean, the thing with Nurgle is it's it's a really good, from a painting and modeling perspective, for all levels of the game. Like, if, if you're just starting out, you can spray them green, paint the metal bits, um, iron breaker, and then wash it with a grass earth. And it looks pretty good. Like it just looks mm -hmm. like a dirty thing. And then if you can go all the way up to like uh, the top levels, you look at someone like uh, Demon Rich on Instagram, his version of Mortarium, where he has like all like rots and everything like painted in high detail. So I think that's why they're so popular because it's they're really, for every level of modeling and painting, there's stuff you can do. And, um, People like green, I guess. I don't know. Like the the Nurgle's my least. I mean, I like all the chaos stuff. Nurgle's my least favorite aspect of it. But yeah, they. I think they're probably probably the most popular. Historically, yeah. it was cool. Mortarian was kind of gorgeous. Thing. Yeah, the Mortarian model was gorgeous. Yeah, like, it's really cool. Honestly, probably one of the best models uh, so far. I, I think. like Magnus better. Like a lot better. He's <laughs> 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 just like Magnus for. Uh, I mean, like, yeah, from lore perspective, I also prefer Magnus, but the model is, guys, that's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that amount of details and, like, everything, yeah, it's just great. I yeah. just can't complain. Well, um, yeah, but, like, talking about Ontarian, he is really good now. Um, he's only 409 points, which is less than a knight. Um, he's just as deadly as he ever was. Um, he retains his feel no pain, which is crazy um, mm -hmm. and he and the reason he retains his feel no pain is because he doesn't get one warlord trait he gets three warlord traits and then if he is your warlord um which he has to be because of his rules um then he's he gets another warlord trait as well based on which of the um play companies you're taking so he's rocking around with with four warlord traits four warlord traits yeah <laughs> 
which is Oof. a lot. And you take him in a Supreme Command attachment um, with your battalion and death guard. And that means he doesn't cost any CP to take. So he's cheaper than a knight. He's more versatile than a knight. He's faster than a knight, tougher than a knight, and doesn't cost any CP to take like a knight does. The guy is on fire right now. Uh, he's going to be really nasty to deal with. And um, the two builds that I've seen going around um, so far, obviously this will change as people are playing, but the two builds I've seen going around so far is like Mortarion and then like some, uh, like a couple of characters, um, probably a change caster, in the, not a change caster, this is each one, the plague caster, a um, couple of units of plague marines, a couple of units of pox walkers, and some plague, plague burst call, callers. Um, or the other build, which is kind of hilarious, is you take um, literally the maximum number of plague marines that you can take. So you're taking mm -hmm. like <laughs> 60 odd plague, about 60 plague marines, basically mm -hmm. fill your troops with plague marines, take two cheap HQs, and then you take a plague surgeon, which gives them a six up feel no pain. So now you have 120 wounds that are toughness five with a three up armor save minus one damage and a six up feel no pain that's just ridiculous it's kind of a boring army though right because it's just just plague marines like there's nothing else in it but it's, it's just also very death guard just having them all marching across yeah i mean like i i have no words i don't know how to comment on that <laughs> i i have no idea how to stop it i mean they're kind of slow if you remember the yeah. how death guard usually works they're usually slow uh, their movement, as far as I remember, at least for um, for Terminators, for example, it's five inches. Yeah, not a lot. Then their special characters like Biologus uh, Putrefier is five inches. Teleman, Taliman, five inches as well. So pretty much everything is like five inches. Yeah, I mean, you can stick stuff in rhinos, but they don't really have like they don't get bikes and stuff, so they they don't really have any fast attacks that are worth mentioning. Yeah, yeah, but. The toughness five, yeah, and minus one, uh, minus one on damage, and disgustingly resilient. They are disgustingly resilient, and yeah. uh, they just march forward. And like, whatever you shoot into them, they probably still going to survive, yeah. And yeah, no, it's uh, they're looking really scary. Um, I thought Death Guard were pretty strong before, um, mm -hmm. but they're, they're even better now. Uh, the only thing that I don't like. From what I've seen is the way they they've decided now that um, if you want to take a unit of pox walkers or cultists, then you have to take um, a unit of plague marines or terminators that are core. Um, mm -hmm. So you can't do a pure pox walker army right now, uh, which I understand why because there were some really janky things where people were making infinite box walkers and maybe it's not the vision they have for the game but the only death guard i that ever peaked my fancy was having typhus and just loads of box walkers um so i don't really like that kind of restriction i think it limits army builds in a weird way because there will be hordes of just plague zombies walking around in the 41st mm -hmm. millennium so to say you, for each unit you have to take unit plague marines i i don't like that so much but that's the only complaint I have. And if you're a Death Guard player, I mean, I'm not a Death Guard player. I just like, I think plays on is cool. Um, so if you are an actual Death Guard player, I'm sure you don't, I'm sure you, you're happy with your Plague Marines being better. And it's not going to be like, oh, I have to take them. So I, I get that. 
yeah yeah the only thing that i the only thing i personally uh, that I, I i think is it's kind of worrying uh about uh death guard is that uh if you want to pick martarian in the same mm. manner that you want to pick magnus i still think that knight should kill it yeah. 18 wounds not a lot you don't uh, have cover save i mean you um, can hide him Yes, you can because eighteen. I know eighteen wounds the the limit, right? Eighteen wounds yeah. are higher means you can't be hidden. Um, exactly. But okay, I mean, he's got he's what like two up save, five up in one, uh, minus uh, one to all damage. Three up save. Three up save. Yeah, three up three up save and uh, four up and vulnerable. Yeah. A four up and vulnerable is real good. Four up and vulnerable. Um, that's really nice. But um, yeah, I mean, you. I mean, you can reserve him. That's one thing you can do. Ah, um, yeah, really. Now you can reserve him. Yeah. Um, Keep forgetting that. Yeah, and I like. I think you're going to see Magnus and Mortarian reserved a lot of the time in, mm -hmm. in the new thing. But Mortarian is pretty tough, and I think once once you put uh, psychic powers on him to make him even tougher, he's going to be pretty unstoppable. But it's going to get him. Getting him going to begin with is going to be the, the challenge. Um, but I think as long as you're not stupid with him, I mean, if you do start him on the board, put him right back, you know, all this sort of stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that is, it should be like standard to someone who's been playing the game for a little while. If you're brand new, Mortarian doesn't need to go on the front line. Um, but also, if you are brand new, you're probably playing at a level where people aren't taking the ability to one-shot Mortarian on the first turn. If you go into a tournament, I highly recommend you reserve him <laughs> and bring him, in, <laughs> bring him in turn two um, so that you can get the defensive bust up him, on him and get him into combat real quick. Um, but in general, who do you recommend take Mortarian or just ignore him and uh, take everything else like uh, vehicles I mean, uh, and uh, troops and so on and so forth? Because on the latest tournaments that I participated uh, in and uh, you as well, uh, we saw Magnus and Martarian and everyone else because that's a tournament you see a lot of lists yeah. in general. Uh, but still, uh, the list which kind of climbed closer to the top, they didn't have those big models. Instead, they relied on troops most of yeah. the time. Uh, but now, what do you think? Is it I going mean, to change? Innes is the captain of the Scot Scottish team, and I've been chatting to him a little bit. Um, and he's really on the Mortarian train. I mean, like, like we said before, it's really hard to tell until anything gets taken to a tournament, right? But I do think Mortarian and Magnus have like a huge lease of life with the ability to be reserved. Um, uh, I know that uh, TJ Lanigan and Jim Bessel have been running Magnus, and obviously they're super good. But um, that doesn't mean you can also like copy what they're doing. Like they've been having really good success reserving Magnus, and then mm -hmm. what they do is um, they bring him on turn two, buff him up with the you know the the glamours and stuff to make him harder to kill, and then. Um, they fly forward and then use warp time to move him back away from the enemy army mm -hmm. to, to, uh, to move him behind line sight blocking terrain or at least out of range of some of the guns and stuff like that. And like that is 
the counterintuitive to a lot of players. So you think, oh, Magnus has warp time or throw him straight into the combat so he can kill things really quickly. But if you do that, he's going to die, right? So it's mm-hmm. better to yo-yo him backwards and forwards and then send him into combat like turn five, turn six, when you used all those crazy smites to knock stuff down. I think Mortarian is a little bit different because he is much more of a melee character, but he's also mm-hmm. a lot tougher. And when he dies, he explodes. And he's only 490 points, which I know that's a quarter of your army, but it's not that much really. So I think that's reserving such a cheap number, like yeah. honestly, like compared to my knights, and like yeah. it's basically two and a half of armagers, mm. and two and a half armager can't kill Mortarian. Yeah. And if, you've got, if you've got a good piece of training on your side of the board that can block Mortaria pretty much all of your opponent's shooting and you can only get mm-hmm. a few things off of him, then you're golden, deploy him on the board and get him into combat as quickly as possible. I think otherwise reserve him and then bring him on, buff him up and get him into combat as quickly as possible. And he's going to die. Pretty much. I reckon Mortaria will die pretty much every game he's taken in a competitive game. But... Mm-hmm. Your plan is to just use him as this big fucking roadblock that means your opponent has to deal with him while all of your plague marines are getting out onto the objectives and taking the board. And then your opponents kill Mortarian, maybe like turn four-ish. By that point, you've done a lot of damage to them with Mortarian. Use Mortarian to take out the things that can kill your plague marines. Mm -hmm. And they turn around and there's three turns left or two turns left now. So Mortarian dies turn three, turn four, then turn four and five. Well, you've got Plague Moons on objectives. If your opponent's going to look at you and go, well, I can't win because I've used up everything killing Mortarian and now you have all these Plague Moons on objectives and I, they, they, they just won't die because they're so tough. Um, so basically you use Mortarian as a bullet magnet. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a classic like kamikaze pilot he's going to fly in there <laughs> do a lot of damage and then die but having done enough that the rest of and, and then he'll blow up as well yeah exactly as, it, as a true gimmick adds it yeah right so i think yeah don't, don't be sad if mortarian dies as long as he's killed all the things that can kill your plague rings because then you're going with the game right. that's what that's what that's what i think looking at it on paper i think it's really hard to know until until we start having some proper games happening again, which hopefully will be soon with the vaccine rolling out. Yeah, I I haven't heard actually about any tournaments in Sweden for uh, for this wind. I mean, like, I'm pretty sure that it's not it's not going to be a tournament in March. No, I, I doubt it. Um, I think people are too tentative to organize anything at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So I think that we should probably expect something when it's kind of close to be over. Actually, Swedish government pro- promised that uh, they're going to vaccinate everyone who wants to be vaccinated by the by the end of the spring, I think. Yeah, but what does the end of the spring mean? That's such a vague deadline, you know. So we're looking at like, yeah, that's like especially considering that Sweden April, the... May, maybe June. Is, is, yeah, 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 something like that, something like that. I would say. I mean, I work in healthcare, so I'll be vaccinated pretty quickly, but I will be waiting for. All of my friends to have vaccines before I can go and play 40k with them. <laughs> By the way, are you allowed to be like in the queue for vaccination or like uh, because I don't? I mean, I checked, and uh, I'm going to be the latest one. One of the latest people in the country, probably. Yeah, you're young and healthy, and you're not a key worker. So <laughs> exactly, exactly. Um, and they yeah, can no, work from home. So ours is all organised by the hospital. 
mm-hmm. where where I work in biomechanics. For those of you don't know, this isn't really what I talk, but um, I work in biomechanics, so I'm not being really exposed to corona patients theoretically, because anyone who has any symptoms is not allowed in. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, all the ER nurses and doctors get those first, um, but after they're sorted, then it will be onto onto my sort of level. So. Yeah, I don't have to worry about it. It will get sorted for me. Yeah, guys, you might think that that's a, that's a, like a side discussion, but we're still discussing death guards and nargol and uh, sicknesses <laughs> yeah. and diseases. So it's it's kind of all over here. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, did did you read uh, the codex for the death guard? I mean, uh, in general, like units, descriptions, and everything else, the new one. Um, I mean, I haven't got my hands on it yet. Something I might pick up just as something to read because mm-hmm. we're so delayed on. On codex releases, I have the previous codex somewhere. Um, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what actually comes up after people have read it properly. Um, mm-hmm. Because obviously, the things that are standing out now is Mortarian. Everyone's going to look at Mortarian first because he's a big boy. Um, and the plague surgeon who's giving a six up field of pain. I think it's hilarious all the noble players that were whinging about their field of pain being taken away. And now they have minus one damage and field of pain if they take the plague mm-hmm. surgeon, which you absolutely do. Uh, they've nerfed the biologist putrefier, I know that. People are looking at death shroud terminates, it's been pretty good. But who knows, once, once it's been in people's hands for a while, there'll be something in there that no one's noticed. I basically have the new codex at the moment. Yeah, yeah. And uh, we can take a look at the most important things, at least very important things before 9th edition. We don't know what's going to be important now or not, but at least we can discuss like wallet traits and their new legions rules as well. Uh, so the first wallet trait is called revoltingly resilient. Each time this wallet trait loses a wound, uh, roll one, d6, and five up, is this wound is not lost. Yeah, I mean, that's the one that Mortarian has that gives you five up. Yeah. Uh, super good on Mortarian, probably useless on any other warlord because they shouldn't be getting shot anyway. So because Mortarian is massive that it's ever going to be an issue. If yeah. you're a demon prince or a chaos lord, that you're just going to be hiding. Next one, Living Plague Aura. While enemy unit is within three inches of this warlord, that unit cannot be affected by any aura abilities, excluding those aura psychic powers of units of your opponent's army. Uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, really good in a space marine matter. Shut down Rebute Guillemin. Um, yeah, uh, shut down ours. I mean, it's really nice. I That's why I personally take those Archaeocopters, mm-hmm. uh, because, I mean, you just shut down ours and then kill you. That's really nice. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's uh, it's kind of risky having a warlord up that close, the enemy army. Uh, but... Yeah. But this we just discussed, Martarian is a kamikaze guy. Yeah, so he's he's going to kill things. <laughs> yeah, exactly, he's still going to be there. So that's yeah. really nice of him. Hulking physique, add one to wounds, characteristic of your warlord. Uh, each time an attack is made against this warlord, an unmodified wound roll of one to three for that attack falls, fails, irrespective of any abilities that weapon or the model making this deck may have. Um. Yeah, that's pretty good. I can see that going on in Demon Prince. Um, but I mean, it's so arbitrary because I would run Mortarian. But um, yeah, if you had a Demon Prince as your as your HQ, then I can see that being really useful. Mm-hmm. Arc Contaminator, or yeah. this is another uh, 
uh, Motarian one. Uh, while a friendly play company core unit is within six inch of your warlord, each time a model in that unit makes a melee attack with a plague weapon, you can reroll the wound roll. Each time a model in the unit makes a ranged attack with plague weapon that uh, that targets unit within twelve inches, you can reroll the wound roll. Yeah, so this is uh, so it's worth noting the core units are plague marines and uh, the various kinds of plague terminators. Um, which is cool, um, there's stuff that people want to take. And the second part is what's really interesting because I believe the way it means that Mortarian, say it's Mortarian, all your Demon Prince, whatever it is, they have mm -hmm. to be in 12 inches of the unit, but the unit firing doesn't can be at the back. So you can have your Warlord, your scary Warlord, right up in the front of the enemy army, putting this debuff on them while your Blade Marines stay back in relative safety shooting. Mm -hmm. which is a nasty combo like that really hard to deal with yeah yeah uh rotten constitution add one to toughness, toughness characteristic of your warlord each time an attack with the armor in christian characteristic of minus one or minus two is allocated to these warlords that attack has an armor penetration characteristic of zero instead wow that's good that's, that's really good yeah that's really good mm -hmm. i don't think that it's going to affect uh, Mortarian a lot because no, he, doesn't again, have, he doesn't have that one anyway. Yeah, he has like, uh, yeah. Uh, but mm -hmm. in general, it's really good. Mm -hmm. uh, fall Iflin's aura. While an enemy unit is within six inches of this warlord, at the end of your movement phase, roll 1d6 for that unit on four up. Uh, that unit suffers one mortal wound. So, right. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, that's probably one of the dead ones, to be honest. Yeah. One more wound. I mean, I don't really care. You're playing Chaos, mortal wounds are easy to generate. You've got some mm -hmm. of the best casters in the game. Mortarium himself does a stupid amount of mortal wounds. So I, I don't see yeah. anything very yeah, exactly. useful. So that, that was basically all the world of trades that we mm -hmm. have. Yeah. I think they're pretty decent. They're yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah. And they're getting, they're getting a lot better. I mean, when we went through the Blood Angels stuff, they're getting a lot better at writing balanced warlord traits. I mean, that last one wasn't great, but all of the others definitely have some interesting play. Um, rather than what happened in eighth edition, it's like you'd have six warlord traits, but really you just had one warlord trait because there was only one that everybody took. Mm -hmm. It's cool to have some uh, some bit more variety. And uh, and that's that's the, that I just discussed, right? Uh, those are warlord traits in general for all dev guards. Yeah. Uh, but then you also have world traits which are specific for the legions. Mm -hmm. the play guards. companies. Yeah, yeah, play companies, exactly. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven play companies. Of course there are seven. That's the holy number of Nurgle. Yeah, that's the whole number of Nurgle. Uh, okay, so I'm going to go through them. Uh, the, uh, in order to get those, you will need to spend CPs. And uh, they all cost the same. Mm -hmm. They all cost one CP. So the first one called uh, Harbingers, they have a stratagem, uh, which I can't read the name really. Okay. Use stratagem in the fight phase when a Harbingian uh, unit is selected to fight. Until the end of the phase, each time a model that unit makes an attack, you reroll the hit roll. Yeah. Do you want to do melee death guard? Yeah, Pretty that's useful. all right. I mean, to be honest, if you're doing that anyway, you probably want to just take either Mortarian or a Demon Prince or a Lord and just have it have reroll once to hit. I don't see why you'd send a spend the strategy on that. Maybe if they're out on their own. But 
Yeah, generally you're going to have a character made by the price rerolls. Yeah. Warlord trait, uh, Shamble Rot. Shamble Rot, uh, while an enemy unit excluding vehicles is within the contagion range of that cont contagion range of this unit, at the start of your opponent's movement phase, roll 1d6, subtracting 1 if that enemy unit has the character keyword. On 4 up, that enemy unit suffers 1 mortal wound. On 6, that enemy unit suffers d3 mortal wounds. Um. It's all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you want to go character hunting? It's okay. Yeah. Relic. Uh, infected remains. Uh, again, only Harbinger's models only. Uh, once per battle, at the end of your movement phase, you can select one objective marker within three inches of the bearer. While the bearer is on the battlefield, that objective marker has the contention of Nurgle ability. And it's considered to have all the same country. Contagion abilities that Bears has. Uh, I have no idea what is contagious of Nongrel, to be honest. So, this is the new um, rule for Death Guard. Um, mm -hmm. So, they're basically different units have different contagions that apply debuffs on the enemy. So, I can uh -huh. see that being kind of useful, but I'm not really excited about this play company, to be honest. I think it's got, there's probably some better ones, and uh, these don't seem super. Super interesting. Okay. Uh, well, second one, inexorable. Uh, again, like they all have, uh, they all have uh, stratagem, warlord trait, and relic. Yeah. Uh, so this stratagem, uh, use stratagem, uh, strategic ploy stratagem. Uh, use stratagem in your opponent's charge phase when an exorable unit from your army is selected as a target of a charge. Until the end of the phase, subtract two from charge roll made for any unit that declares a charge against your ex inexorable unit to a minimum of one. I mean, that is potentially really powerful depending on your meta. If uh, yeah. we don't have a meta because I'm playing games, but in your personal play group, if you have a friend that plays Blood Angels and a friend that plays Orcs and a friend that plays Tyranids, Take that ball or trait because <laughs> so they, uh, they're going to give you you're going to give them a really bad time. Uh, World of trait, terrific blight, terrific uh, blight. While an enemy unit is within contagion range of that unit, each time an attack is made by a friendly, inexorable model against that enemy unit, improve the AP by one. Yeah, yeah. good. Plus one okay. AP is nice. I mean, place marines are all over the place right now. So yeah, the battle are also really popular. So, yeah, knocking down um, a three plus to a four plus, or even lower if you've got an, a weapon that already has an AP is is good. Yeah, I can I can see that being useful. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Relic leech spore cascade. And it's horrible models only. Each time an enemy model is destroyed as a result of a melee attack made by the bear, select one friendly inexorable vehicle model within eighteen inches of the bear. That model regains one lost wound. No, no more than three wounds can be regained per turn due to this relic. I mean, nah, that's interesting, but it requires you having some melee vehicles. I know, like Death Guard Defiders is kind of an interesting thing because Defiders' main problem is they're not being tough and making Death Guard makes it tougher. Blah blah blah. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, to be honest, the relic isn't doing much for me. Uh, but the other two, the Warlord trait and the Special Rule, I think are really, really, really nice if you're, yeah. if you're playing against a lot of melee armies. So yeah, that one's a lot better than the first one anyway. 
Yeah, I agree. Uh, Martarian's Anvil uh, Stratagem. Martarian's Anvil. Uh, use a stratagem to your opponent's charge phase. When an enemy unit finishes a charge move, select any number of Martarian's Anvil units from your army within three inches of that enemy unit. Until then, the phase selected units are legible to perform heroic interventions as they as if they were characters. That's amazing. Like, that's that's great. so good. So that 60 Death Guard, uh, 60 Plague Marine Army that I was talking about before. Now you take Now that. they just come forward yeah. and it's like, hello guys. Like, well, because the thing is, like with um, heroic intervention, it's not just the fact that you're going to get into combat and kill, potentially kill the unit. It's free movement. Like so, you're you're giving yourself a three 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 inch move every time someone charges you. Um, so yeah, that's really really good. Um, you can what you can do if it's you you can't necessarily kill is um, put a couple of units in and then tag uh, two more units with just one model in and then force your opponent to remove the models that free those units up so then they can carry on walking up the board. If you're an asshole like me. Uh, <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's that's really 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 good. Uh, Warlord trait, gloaming blood. Mm -hmm. uh, while enemy unit is within the contagion range of that unit, the enemy unit cannot fire Overwatch or set to defend. Each time a model in that enemy unit makes an attack, uh, the heat roll and the wound roll cannot be rerolled. Okay, so. As I understand it, Mortarian can take the Warlord trait of the Plague Company he's the Supreme Commander of. Yeah. Which means Mortarian, this this is the best one. It has to be. So Mortarian ignores Overwatch as well. Thanks, guys. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, very, that, very that's, good. That, that's, that's too good. I don't think, yeah. that, I don't think that it should be legal. No, I need to nerf. But honestly, like that's probably one of the best things that I've seen so far for yeah. the Plague Marines. Like, but even if you're not running Mortarion, if you've got a Demon Prince, I take a Warlord trait on my Demon Prince to make him immune. Exactly, and like no one watching Demon Prince, and no one can reroll hits and wounds on your yeah. Demon Prince as well. That's just ridiculous. Yeah, you. that's crazy. Because uh, you can charge basically anything in the game, and even if you're not going to kill it, you stop it from shooting. So hey, they've got like a Castellan or whatever, you just charge it, and they're like, yo, I'm just going to stand here and stop you from shooting for the rest of the game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Relic, uh, Warp Insect Hive, Martarian's Anvil model only. Each time a bear makes a melee attack, you can reroll the hit roll and you can reroll a wound roll as well. Good. Rerolls are nice. Yeah, this is this, this. Play Martarian's Anvil, guys. It's the best one. We haven't even heard them all yet, but this is <laughs> all three of those are really, really useful. Yeah, like really, like all of that that we, that I just read, like the third plague company, Martarian Sunville, is really good. Yeah, like, definitely. There is no questionable things here; just everything is really good. Mm -hmm. Pick this one. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, fourth one, fourth one, uh, the wretched requisition stratagem. Uh, use a strategy before the battle when you are uh, mastering your army. Select one wretched psychic model from your army. The model knows one additional psychic power from their chosen chosen discipline. Once per psychic phase, you can reroll one psychic test taken for that model. You can only use the strategy once. Okay, so it's not bad, but you're playing chaos, right? So. Mm -hmm. I'm talking from a competitive perspective now, not necessarily a death card player's perspective. If you want really reliable psychic, ally in either Thousand Suns 
all word bearers because they have stratagems and various things that are much better than that for casting lots of psychic powers. Um, eh, it's all right. It's all right. Same, like I don't think that that's something that changes like the game drastically. Like Death Card's thing isn't psychic powers. Like I'm sure there's there's going to be a few you're going to want to cast, but you you don't need you don't need to start loads of psychic powers. If you're doing that, you should be playing Zinch or Wordbearers anyway, right? Yeah, exactly. War of Traits, Eater Plague. Eater Plague, Contention. Uh, while an enemy unit is within the Contention range of that unit, each time attack is made by a friendly wretched model against that enemy unit. And an unmodified roll of six automatically wounds the target. Was that a bubble that affects everything? While an enemy unit is within Contention range of that unit. Okay, so, yeah. so that's actually much better than I thought. Because um, if you take Mortarion and a whole load of Plague Marines and then you send them forward, then every, every model, because Mortarion's got a massive base, right? So mm. its Contagion range is massive. Um, so yeah, you, you could affect the entire enemy army. If you play a lot against like tank lists or knights, um, having your sixes be automatic. Nah, is still, actually, like, uh, I think it... <laughs> Uh, mm. Need some playtesting. I can see how it has a place if you're doing bolt spam with Mortarion, but yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah. I still think that's questionable. I mean, like relying on sixes is always like a questionable choice. I mean, if Mortarion's ambled didn't exist. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Relic again, the demon's favor. Um, breached malignant plague caster model only. The bears. Uh, 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 pestilential uh, fallout ability is replaced with the following ability torrent of petrification each time this model successfully manifests psychic power if the result of psychic test is seven or more the closest enemy unit within 12 inches suffers d3 mortal wounds otherwise the closest unit within six inches suffers one mortal wound um it's good it's okay i just think like if you're going to be spamming i just think yeah I kind of like this one. I don't like it as much more Terran's Anvil. And the reason really is because I just see Zinch Demons, Word Bearers, and Thousand Suns doing this job better if you're playing Chaos. If you want to do the Mortal Wound spam and lots of Psychic Powers, then... Yeah, just use Zinch. If you're a Death because... Guard player that likes doing Psychic Powers, and then this is the one for you. But if you're a Chaos player that likes doing Psychic Powers, then... Play Zinch or Word Bearers. Yeah, I, 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 that's probably my my impression about that. Like, yeah. if you because like from from the chaos armies I've played against so far, like every time you see a lot of psychic powers being manifested, uh, it's not <laughs> not a surprise when you play against chaos. Uh, but honestly, Zinch is doing their job pretty good mm. in that. So just play Zinch. Fifth play company, Fox Mongers. Uh, battle tactic stratagem. Use a stratagem in your shooting phase when a post monger's demon's engine unit from your army is selected to shoot. Until the end of the phase, models in that unit can make attacks with blast weapons against units within engagement range of that unit. Each time a ranged weapon is made by a model in that unit against an enemy unit that's within engagement range of that unit, add one to attacks hit roll. Basically, you shoot in close. Right. It's really complicated and there's so many caveats that I just don't see it being useful. Um, you know where it would be good is in the smaller mm. games where you have the smaller board 
Now, if you're playing like a thousand points, it'd be really good because you can get up closer much more quickly. And yeah. I think that would then that would be really good. But I think at like a two thousand point level, your opponent's going to be able to outrange you enough that it's not really going to come into play. Yeah, yeah. War trait, uh, Sanjin's Flux. Uh, Sanjin's Flux, Contagion. While many units have been contagion range of that unit, subtract one from leadership characteristic of models in that enemy unit, subtract one from combat attribution tests taken for that enemy unit. Okay, so I think leadership builds are really interesting, but it's something you have to go really hard into. And I think in the current way that 40k works with command points, if I was going to make this work, I'd be taking them. I'd be taking Night Lord's Raptors, and I'd probably be taking Demon's Slanesh as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could like stack up some serious damage because you're 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 going to make two unit two models flee instead of one. You're going to reduce the leadership to basically nothing. Like that, it's it's a really fun, interesting build. But if you're doing it, then you're relying on your gimmick rather than having any command points because of the way the command points are now because you're going to have to take at least two probably three detachments and i don't think that's competitive in the current state of the game personally yeah i think cp is too mean, like, yeah I, I think i agree with night lords i mean like in general from from what i know about chaos again i'm not a chaos player but from what i know uh night lords are best known for their attacks against uh, leadership yeah you can get a minus three or four from Night Lords and yeah. bonus to flee. And then you bring Slanesh Demons as well, which have two powers which reduce leadership and a power that is damage based on reduced leadership. That's a really cool combo. Mm -hmm. If you want to throw this in as well, you're going to really hammer some leaderships and you'll be able to hammer multiple units with leadership debuffs and then like do a bit of damage to all of them and make stuff flee. It's really cool. I just mm -hmm. think that the way command points are now, if you're going to do that, you're going to have no command points. And if you want to play that way, that's up to you. But I don't think it would go well at a tournament, personally, unless you're really, really, really good at it, because you will take people by surprise, which can be useful. Yeah, I think that that's probably for some like fluffy games when you yeah. like when you play with your friends, like then then it works. But from a competitive perspective, I would probably advise against uh, against using that. Yeah. Uh, so it's far. a bit like the, the psychic power one. Like, yeah, it's kind of good in isolation, but comparing it to other legions and other chaos factions that do it better, it kind of falls short for me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, then, uh, then Relic, uh, Iron Clot Furnace, uh, Poxmonger's uh, model only. Uh, uh, the Beric has the following ability Iron Clot Furnace. In your common phase, you can select one friendly Poxmodger demon, demon engine uh, unit within six inches of the bearer until the start of your next common phase models in that unit has four up and vulnerable save. This is all over the place, personally. Like, that's a really good relic if the Warlord trait and the um, like stratagem. bonus for being, yeah, yeah stratagem, like if they support demon, demon engines as well. That would be really cool but because you've got one on leadership one on demon engines one on something else like that is too all over the place like i'd like to see a leadership one and a demon engines one like separated out as two different things mm -hmm. having it all over the place like that uh, i it's, it's it's trying to do too many things at once for me this this one mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
the sixth one, sixth one, uh, the ferryman, epic G stratagem. Uh, use stratagem in your common phase. Uh, select one ferryman um, virion model from your army, then select one of the models or abilities until the start of your next common phase at six to the range of this model selected or ability to the maximum of 12 inches. That's pretty good on a plague surgeon because then you can cover those, all of those. You might not need to take two, but you're budgeting yeah. one CP every turn. Um, yeah. That's something to bear in mind. Uh, the world trade, the drowning. Uh, the drowning contagion while any unit is within contagion range of that unit at the start of your opponent's movement phase, half the enemy's unit move characteristic until the end of the phase. Yeah, that can, that, that's kind of good on Mortarian. Um, actually, Innis has had a go with that. Um, he thought, said it was really fun. Um, you throw Mortarian mm. up, half everyone's movement range, and then he's pinning them all down. So you played Marines have even more time to move on to objectives because your opponent can't. Um, so that's pretty cool and janky. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. kind of like that. Yeah. Uh, Relic, uh, Ferryman Scythe, Ferryman model, except uh, equipped in uh, Man Reaper only. The Relic replaces a Man Reaper and has following characteristics Ferryman Scythe, uh, Ranch Melee, both of them. Mm -hmm. It has two types of attack Clave and Scythe. Uh, Clave is strength plus three, AP minus three, damage two. Uh, Scythe, uh, Strength plus one, AP minus one, damage one. Um, yeah, so the, the Scythes are, um, like from a law perspective, they're the weapons that Mortarion gives to his personal guard and to his champions. Um, so certain, so they all have both a smash and a sweep attack now, which is really cool. It's one of the yeah. reasons that um, the Terminators are really good now, because they're nice and versatile. Um, so it's it's not bad, um, but it's not amazing either. I think if you're taking this, you're doing Mortarian, reducing move range on stuff to make your Pagans take the battlefield more quickly and probably ignoring the relic. Yeah, and uh, it, it has two abilities, as you just mentioned. One is strong attack, is uh, subtract one from attack's hit roll, and uh, massive attack is makes uh, three hit rolls instead of one. Yeah. Like it's it's not bad. Um, I don't know if it's much worth upgrading it from a regular plague scythe, and you're probably not taking a character that has a plague scythe anyway. But I actually quite mm -hmm. like this one um, because you can have the stratagem making your plague surgeon. If you do like a Mortarian and like way too many plague marines, that's basically your entire list, right? With a mm -hmm. with a plague surgeon, you can have the plague surgeons or recovering loads of death guard Mortarian right at the front. It's giving your opponent two really terrible targets to shoot at. That are all really durable and winning on points. Um, you're not going to kill much. Uh, Mortarion will kill some stuff, but you're not going to kill much, but you'll win on points. Um, and if that's how you want to play, I mean, go for it. It's a very nervous way of playing the game. Mm -hmm. uh, Mortarion's Chosen Sons, the last, the seventh play company. Okay, these have uh, to be good because they're number seven. They're number and seven. They're Mortarion's exactly. Chosen Sons. So these better be good. So, okay, so battle tactic stratagem. Uh, use stratagem in your shooting phase when a Martarian's chosen sons unit from your army is selected to shoot. Until the end of the phase, Plaguebearers, Plague Spruits Gauntlets, and Plague Spewers models in that unit uh, are equipped with, um, uh, okay, units which are equipped with those uh, weapons. Yeah, with those weapons uh, have damage characteristic of two. 
uh, pretty good in a marine meta, I'd say, because they, they can't do two damage to you because if you reduce damage by one, now you're doing two damage to them. Probably means mm -hmm. you win that firefight. Not bad, not bad. Mm -hmm. War of Traits, uh, Nurgle's Fruit. The Warlord has the following ability, Nurgle's Fruit Contagion, while an enemy unit is within contagion range of this unit. Each time an attack is made by a friendly Mortarian's chosen sans model against that unit, the target doesn't receive the benefits of cover against that attack. Removing cover is pretty useful. Um, we have a lot of terrain now. Yeah, mm -hmm. I see some utility on that. Like, in my head, I'm thinking of all of these in the context of having Mortarian and loads of Plague Marines, because that's the army I would build. Um, mm -hmm. So, but yes, I think this one could work in that build. Yeah, absolutely. Relics, uh, Vomitrex. Uh, the Mortarian, Mortarian's chosen sun model equipped with the Plague's Prayer only. Uh, directly place a Plague's Prayer and has the following profile. Uh, range 12, type Assault 7, Strength 7, AP minus 3, damage 2. Uh, a plague weapon, each time an attack is made uh, with this weapon, that attack automatically hits the target. Yeah, I mean, that's good. Plague weapon that's good. rolling wounds. Um, short range, uh, you probably want that character in a Rhino. Um, mm. Again, depends on your meta. Like, Slash Demons are really popular right now. Blood Angels are really popular right now. And White Scars are really popular right now. So if you know that people are going to be trying to get towards you, half of their movement on Mortario, um, hitting better with your Plague Marines. And then when they get up close, you unleash that Relic on um, like a Blade Guide unit or something. I think, yeah, I think Mortarian's Chosen Sun's pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. I still I think that the best one was Mortarian's, Mortarian's Anvil. Yeah, that one's really cool. Um, that just so good. Yeah. And unlike, um, so one of the issues with a lot of these sorts of rules is like, say, if we look at Space Marine Codex, the equivalent to this would be like choosing between Raven Guard, Imperial Fists, Ultramarines, whatever. And that's very based on the army you want to play. Whereas the advantage that Death Guard have is you have your Death Guard army, and then no one knows the paint schemes of the different like play <laughs> companies. No one cares. So you can just pick whichever one you think is is fun and effective and then uh, try a few out and see which you like the best. Um, I think they all have play, but I think Mortarian's Anvil, Mortarian's Chosen Sons, and um, the Reduced Movement one, they're, they're my favorites. Those three are my yeah. favorites. Yeah, that's for sure. Cool. Well, well that, that was a, basically it. Yeah, um, I mean, there's a, there's a lot more to go through in this book with the relics and the updates mm -hmm. and stuff, but like that's not what we're going to do here. If you're interested in, in, in looking at that, Tabletop Tactics have done a, a full deep dive video, um, which I believe is available free. I'm not sure because I pay a sub, uh, but yeah, that that would be a good place to have a have a follow up to this and look at a bit more. But I think the best thing to do right now, if you're a deck card player and you can play, uh, pick one of the three we mentioned and build your army and try all three of them in a few different games and see which one you like the best. Because um, yeah. it will come down to playstyle and how what what units you like to take as well. Yeah, that's for sure. But, but they still them. think that Martarian Sandal is the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but like, I agree with you. But I think like having a couple of others that are interesting as well is cool because that means that we're not necessarily locked into just one build. One of the things that I really didn't like about the Dark Elder Codex was there were theoretically nine different um, 
like sub factions that you could choose from, but everybody just went with um, uh, Black Heart and Prophets of Flesh because they were so much so clearly better than any of the others. Mm -hmm. um, so having having three out of seven that are really interesting, and then the other four having some play in less competitive games, I think Games Workshop have done a really good job here. And I'm we I had similar thoughts when we went through the Blood Angels Codex and other stuff I've looked at myself we haven't talked about on the podcast and Netcons are really cool now with a lot of variety and I think King's Retro are doing an amazing job and it's given me a lot of hope for the Chaos Space Marines Codex when I get rules for the Empress Children and Iron Warriors again that like that everything will have some play which will be real cool. Yeah we are all waiting for our codexes and uh, guys who play Death Guard again again congratulations you've been waiting yeah. for that moment for quite a while already and uh, all of us, not DevGuard players, we've been waiting for you to get the, your new book and uh, models and everything else. Yeah, I'm, I'm genuinely happy that everyone who's getting codexes seems to be getting good codexes. Um, apart from Space Wolves, Space Wolves in eighth um, got worse with their codex it's, from yeah. the index. And the same yeah. thing has happened again in ninth. They're actually worse now with their codex than they really? were before they got their codex. Yeah, their win rate's gone down. Cool. They just want to drown those wolves. Anyway. It's such a shame. Um, I'm not a big fan of Space Wolves, but I know there's a lot of really big Space Wolves players out there. So I feel bad for those guys, but everyone else is having a good time. So um, yeah, it's good overall. Wolf, wolf, wolf Spit, Wolf Spit, yeah. already mentioned a few times. But yeah, I feel sorry about Space Wolves, to be honest, because I, I'm not a huge fan of them, but I would love to see their Primark on the battlefield, if they yeah. would ever have a Primark again, that would be really nice. Mm. And again, like to me, when uh, the Codex actually was worse than the Index, and now the new Codex is worse than the previous Codex, I just feel sorry. Like, yeah. It shouldn't happen with the army. Like I, I do think we were saying about Primark, like that would be a big deal for Space Wolves because they're such a melee focused army, and having mm -hmm. having a Primark that can give them some really cool aura buffs to increase their deadliness or durability or preferably both mm -hmm. would would make them a lot better uh, from a competitive standpoint. Um, but yeah, hopefully Demon Rust comes back at some point and they get that. But for now, if you're playing Space Wolves, good luck. If you're playing Death Guard, congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. So should we move to book recommendations? Yeah, sure, man. Do you have, do you have one ready for us? Yes, I have one. I have one. I just started with this one, uh, but I it's, it's not a huge one, actually. I think I I'll probably will finish it like more or less uh, this week. Uh, it's only 300 pages or something like that. And the author is Samantha Harvey, and uh, the book is called The Western Wind. Mm -hmm. That's a detective story. Mm -hmm. And uh, the plot in general is like, I mean, at least like uh, the summary of the plot is uh, the English uh, village, Oaken, uh, once wakes up in the morning just before. Uh, I think that it's like beginning of beginning beginning of spring somewhere like late like uh, late winter. Uh, they wake up and then they realize that uh, one of their most rich, uh, nice, educated person just died. That's a shame. Yeah, uh, he fall into water like 
they don't know how, but they, he fall into water and uh, they've been thinking if he wanted to just like make a suicide or uh, he was killed by someone. And uh, uh, the plot has been told from the, per from the point of view of the um, cleric from the church, uh, John Reeve, I think that's his name. And uh, he's been trying to figure out like what actually happened. So uh, if you read uh, The Name of the Rose by Umberto Eco, mm -hmm. or uh, the Michael Namis book, uh, Cooking a Bear, that I've already mentioned in one of the, in, in, in one of the episodes of our podcast, that's pretty much the story. I mean, like, <laughs> uh, you have, you have medi medieval village, is it like Sweden? Uh, is it like Italy? Is it England? Then you have a priest who is a bit more educated than everyone else, and he's been trying to solve a crime. Oh. Personally, I love those stories uh, because they have everything that I love. <laughs> they have they have some kind of uh, really nice medieval environment, uh, like descriptions and everything else, cultural motives, uh, religion, like all of that together. Uh, plus, of course, because it's hidden somewhere like far away, especially in the case of Michael Niemi and in, in the in the case of um, uh, of Samantha Harvey as well, uh, because it's kind of far away from the big cities, you still have the spirit of uh, unknownness around around that place. So I think that in general it's really good if you love detective stories and if you like if you prefer medieval times as well, uh, if you have that strange passion for. Uh, for medieval history. So I would definitely recommend you to read it again. That's a pretty short one, 300 pages. You can finish it in the evening. Uh, and uh, it was actually shortlisted for Walter Scott uh, Prize in 2019 as well. Uh, it's not really a new book. I mean, like 2019, two years old. Uh, that's really nice. And uh, if you haven't heard about that, as I, I haven't, uh, you definitely should take a look. Again, uh, Samantha Harvey, The Western Wind. Cool. Well, my book is kind of medieval as well, but um, Warhammer medieval. Um, so with, <laughs> with the Death Guard coming out, I was thinking about uh, Nurgle and Death Guard books that I've read. And my personal favorite is Palace of the Plague Lord. Um, it's a bit of an older book now. I'm not sure against much for publishing it anymore, but you easily pick it up on eBay. Um, and basically what happens is um, there's a tribe in the north who worship Nurgle. A spawn comes to their village, kills everybody, and the survivor of the tribe gets a message from Zeech. He's like, right, you need to go into the realm of Nurgle, go into his palace and get an artifact for me, and then you will have everything you want. And it's this his journey through Chaos Waste into the realm of Chaos, into the realm of Nurgle. So you get this really good imagery of what it's actually like to be in the realm of Nurgle. It sucks. And um, there's it's one of those books where you're never quite sure because Zinch is the one who's orchestrating this. And if you don't know, Zinch and Nurgle are the are two of the rivals in the gods. They have Korn and Sarnesh and Zinch and Nurgle. So it kind of explores that rivalry between these two more powerful beings. And um, how they use their servants against each other and try and manipulate them um, in order to achieve their goals. And the ending is really, really depressing, which is kind of nice because, you know, so many books end on like a lighter note. But I think everyone agrees the best Star Wars film is Empire Strikes Back. 
And one of the reasons yeah. it's so good is because the ending is really depressing and you don't see it coming. And Palace of the Plague and Lord Reed follows that kind of the theme where um, the heroes have a really rough time. And yeah, it's a good book. Um, it's hard to talk too much about it because there's so much intrigue in it uh, without giving away spoilers. But if you're, if you're into your sort of fantasy fiction and you like Warhammer, which you probably do if you've got this far into this podcast, then mm -hmm. Palace of the Plague Lord is, is a really good book to read. Nice. Well, that's it. Yeah, yeah that's, that's it. it for today. Um, so thank you again for listening, guys. As always, follow us at Warhammer Wookies. Send us any questions and comments, and we will talk to you next week.